0: He knows we have a reason to rejoice. Amen. He woke us up this morning, started us on our way, didn't have to, but he did, and we've been able to walk today with his help and with his strength, and we are forever grateful for it. Uh, Thank you for your continued prayers for the families that was mentioned at the beginning of service. I did get an update. Uh, Brother Jeremy's mother has made it through surgery, and they are just waiting to see how That has gone, so be praying for for her, if you would, please. Uh, We're just believing and trusting the Lord to to bring complete healing to that situation. Amen. And uh, there is an appointed time for all of us to leave this world, and none of us like to talk about it, Uh, but we know that uh, when that time comes, even the greatest physicians, uh, they are limited. And we have to lay off this temporal house and... And we have a promise, though, that the word of the Lord tells us to be, through Paul's writing, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. And uh, then we have the great hope uh, of the coming of the Lord. And oh, what a day that'll be. And, uh, but today, uh, we know that uh, Sister Pauline's battling a lot of things, uh, but uh, we're just praying for her and the family and that the Lord would do what needs to be done there. Amen. We are serving a God that is still able and is still willing to do what needs to be done on our behalf. Amen. Tonight, if you have your Bibles with you, I'm just going to jump right into the Word. I won't keep you long tonight, but I will share with you what the Lord has given us for this evening. Uh, Acts chapter number 3, in the book of Acts chapter number 3, a familiar passage probably for many in this room. Um, but I pray that uh, it does not uh, keep us from hearing what the word of the Lord would, uh, would share with us this evening. And uh, I'm thankful for, for the word of the Lord tonight. And we're just going to dive in and read several verses in this chapter. Uh, and if the Lord would help us for a subject uh, tonight, uh, we're going to be talking about a defining moment. And that this is not just another day. Not just another day. Acts chapter number 3, beginning in verse number 1. It says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, been the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. He was there to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, and when seeing Peter and John about to go in to the temple, he asked alms of them. And Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John, he simply said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. But then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength, and he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising the Lord, and they knew that it was he which set for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him." And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, and all the people ran together unto them into the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering, it was then that Peter saw it, and he answered unto the people, You men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. And you killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses." And his name, through faith his name, and through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom you see and know, yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. and now, brethren, I want that thou, through ignorance, you did this thing that you've done, but as so as you did as your rulers, but those things which God before has shown by the mouth of all this prophets that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And ye shall send Jesus Christ which before was preached unto you. For a subject matter tonight, not just another day. We want to deal with a defining moment that shook a generation. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you today for your word. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your people. And Lord, today I pray for the next few moments that you would anoint this vessel. Lord, I pray that we would preach with the demonstration and the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray that lives would be changed and challenged and transformed by the glorious gospel. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you for honoring the word of the Lord this evening. Acts chapter number three, we find in verse number two. It says that a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. We know that this was a process that was continued out daily because of this man's condition. Our subject today is found that this day is not just like any other day. In our text, we read of an amazing moment. It not only changed the life of an individual, but however, it changed and shook the religious structure as well as the society of that time. It is recorded that due to this moment that things drastically began to change in just a matter of moments. Now in order for us to really grab a hold of this story, I think in the manner that we should, I think we must go back and catch up to what has been happening leading up to this moment. And I know most of you probably are familiar with it. It is alluded to in the writing where Peter stood and began to uh, talk to the people that was present when they saw this great miracle happen of this man that they had seen laying there for many years. But he alludes to the fact that he said when when Jesus was in Pilate's hall, you chose someone else other than him. You rejected the one uh, that was present that could have been everything that you ever needed, but you rejected him. And he begins to paint this picture and all of a sudden we know it must have just stung them to their innermost being when they began to hear these words. But however, if we go back and we begin to look through the gospels, you will find that Jesus finds himself in Pilate's hall and he is falsely accused and the people that once just a few days before was simply saying, Hosanna, thou son of David, uh, are now saying crucify and we find that this turn of events begins to uh, take place in a very rapid fashion. And you know the story. Uh, we, we, we talk about it often, but Jesus finds himself standing, and he is guiltless, and but yet he still takes the weight of the sin of the world upon him. And we find that as they take him, and they abuse him, and they beat him, and they mock him, and they... Uh, they, they began to betray him and we find that then it ends in the place where he is placed upon and stretched out on a cross that was made from a tree that he created. And we find that then they take and lay him in a tomb and people began to celebrate thinking that we have won. But very early in the morning, the first day of the week, Mary and others go to the tomb and they find that he is not present. And therefore, we find that society has been through this astronomical seas, and they have seen this brutal crucifixion, and we find that there were those that had been following Christ, and they had put their hope and their trust in him, thinking that he was going to bring deliverance and set up a kingdom, and now that has been shattered, and now we have a group of individuals that had faithfully followed him up until that point, and now they are shattered, and then we have another group that is simply celebrating that we have silenced the one that was really a thorn in our flesh. And we find all of this activity is going. The religious leaders are celebrating and they're thinking, we have conquered and we have overcome. But in the midst of everything, we find that the resurrection then begins to set another trigger of events off, and they began to pay soldiers to say, oh, somebody came and stole him and overpowered us. It was a time of great deception. We find that there was so many layers to the story. As you begin to peel it back, you begin to find that there was movement here and movement there and and, and everybody had an agenda and it was just a time of great deception. Society was filled with great uncertainty. And we find that upon the resurrection that Jesus shows himself for 40 days with many infallible proofs is what your Bible says. He proved to them that had followed him, that it was really him, that he really had resurrected. He began to be a following of people in such a manner that when he ascended into the heavens, it is reported that, and recorded that there was nearly 500 that saw him be called away into the heavens. Upon their arrival at this time, we find that he says the last thing, and we mentioned this recently, his last words are important. The last thing he said to them before he blessed his followers at that time He says, you need to go to Jerusalem and tarry there because not many days from now you'll be endued with power so that you can be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts of the world. He was simply saying, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you will experience an emboldening and empowering and equipping, and you will be able to fulfill the task that I'm given to you because you have to remember before he was crucified, he had made a statement to his disciples, and he says, even greater things than I have done, you will do. And he begins to give them instructions even after the resurrection. If you read Matthew 28, if you read Mark chapter 16, you will find that he's given them a commission. And that great commission is still our commission. That we are to go into all the world preaching the gospel. We are to do it in a place where we are empowered and equipped. Where we do it with demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit. You say, why is all of this important? Can I tell you that we find that it is upon, after this period of time, we get to Acts chapter 1 and we get to Acts chapter 2. The day of Pentecost has come. We find that there's a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It falls upon 120. We find that Peter stands out on the balcony and he begins to preach in a manner where 3,000 men was, uh, was giving their heart to the Lord in that particular setting. We find that the city is... Been in and just been shifted and shook in so many ways, uh, but all of a sudden now we find that after the day of Pentecost, in a very short manner afterwards, we find our text tonight: Peter and John is going to the temple at the hour of prayer. This is something they had done often. This is something that they had done frequently. They had probably even done it with Jesus. Uh, And it is no doubt in my mind that Jesus himself saw this man sitting at the gate called Beautiful. Uh, He'd seen him begging and asking for alms on other occasions. Uh, But this was a day different than any other day. Uh, And we find that when Peter and John was walking, uh, they was walking differently than they had previously walked, even though they had walked with Christ, uh, but now they was walking in an anointed fashion, uh, in a greater anointing than they'd ever known. And we find that there was a refreshing about them uh, because of the presence of the Holy Spirit in their life. And we find upon their arrival, it says that Peter and John, they went together into the temple at the hour of prayer, been the ninth hour of the day. And as they was going, this man was been laid there and he is carried there every day. And he was placed there outside the gate called Beautiful. And he was there to ask of alms. That was them that was coming in. He was just asking, can you give me something to get through today? And then the next day he would come, can you give me something to just get through today? Can you give me something to just get through today? This was his life, day after day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. And we find that upon this day, however, when Peter and John saw him and they was about to Go in, we find that this man began to ask of them, Can you give me some change? Can you give me something to get me through today? And notice what Peter does. It says that he fastened his eyes upon him uh, with John and he simply said, Look on us. Uh, this man responded to that call. And he responded to that call because the Bible tells us in the following verse that he gave heed to them because he was expecting to receive something. Uh, He was expecting them to give them something, uh, give him something rather, just so he could get through today. But Peter said, silver and gold I don't have, uh, but such as I do have, I give to thee in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Uh, And he simply says, rise up and walk. Now, your Bible tells us that he took him by the right hand uh, and he lifted him up and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And then it says that he went leaping up and stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Can I say to you tonight, that's a pretty amazing story. That's pretty exciting stuff. When you begin to think that a normal man, get this now, a man that just a couple of months prior to this had simply denied Christ, cursed him, denied him three times, but yet he came to a place of repentance and then he found himself in the midst of all of his shortcomings, all of his errors, but after receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit in his life, He then has the ability to operate in the authority that man did not give him, but that God gave him. And he can walk up to a man and simply say, look on me. I don't have any silver. I don't have any gold. But what I do have, I'll give to you. Now, how did he have the right and the authority to do that? The Bible tells us, freely you have received, so freely give. So that which he had was his rightful duty to give to somebody else. Now, we find that in this moment, there was a man that was expecting to receive something naturally, but something spiritually was giving and offered to him. And we find that in that moment of transfer, something happened, but it could not have ever taken place unless somebody was willing to stretch out their hand. I want to say to us tonight that we're in a place right now where I believe all of us can understand this, that our world has radically changed. Even for those that's in their 20s, they can say that this world has radically changed in the last few years. But for those of us that has a little bit of age on us, can I tell you uh, the world out there looks totally different than it did when we was in the world. If you've been saved any amount of time at all, can I tell you, and I'll just be transparent with you, the things that we did and dabbled in and participated in is much different than what is taking place in the world today. Now, does it mean what we did wasn't any more sinful than what they're doing today? That's not what I'm trying to say. But I'm saying that there's such a demonic element to it today. There is such a level of darkness to it today. And you and I need to understand that we have to be aware that we have to be willing to engage maybe in the areas and things that we never really thought we would ever have to engage in. Because can I tell you today, while there has been many great achievements, there has been great decline in some of the key things in our nation Number one is we have seen a delusion or, or a deluding, I should say, of faith of what it is, what it's supposed to be, and as well as family and as well as community. Now, when we began to look at this, while technology is advancing faster than it's ever has before, and we are giving and we're seeing all kinds of things, I've seen that with that In Germany today, they actually was the first, I believe it was today or it was yesterday, that they was the first place that a congregation of people listened to a sermon that was created completely by an AI. It was no man involved at all. It was the first time that a message, uh, we find that artificial intelligence created its own message and it delivered to a congregation a full house and it was simply delivered and that was how they received their message. Can I tell you, it's a crazy world. Can I tell you that on the, in, in the mainstream news this past week, uh, and, and I actually have a, a few photos of it on my phone because I shared it with a couple of people, is that there was someone that had a trail cam that was put up in their backyard because they wanted to watch li- uh, some wildlife, and they found some wildlife all right. They found some witches uh, that went out after sundown, right when the sun was going down, and they saw them chewing on a dead carcass of a deer. You hear me we, we are in a place where there is great darkness and it's not just another day but we are in a place where evil is abounding and we are in a place where darkness is no longer trying to disguise itself but it is openly and blatantly making its presence known now The children of America have now been birthed in this type of environment. And therefore, there is no foundation of faith for many of them. There is no knowledge of what a biblical family structure is to be. And there is no defining or biblical model for what marriage is supposed to be. Because even in this hour, we have those that's dressed in religious wardrobe standing before them and telling them that alternative lifestyles is now acceptable. Now, what does all of this mean? They have no idea of what truth really looks like because of the simple fact they have been exposed to the truths of man instead of the ultimate truth of our Creator. I I want us to understand that with these truths comes many questions, but we find that in the day of Peter and John, there was so much stuff going on as well. They was walking in and out of the sanctuary and they was ignoring the one that was begging. They was walking in and out, doing their religious obligation and responsibility, but yet there was those that was still in bondage. Uh, They would simply walk by them day after day, even though they was going to the hour of prayer. Uh, But on this particular day, somebody realized that we have to do something. And can I tell you, we find in this story that is so profound uh, that we find the answer today for our problems is the same that was present. in in those days and can I tell you this evening uh, we must understand tonight that The answer to our issues today will not be found in silver or gold. Uh, It was not the answer then, and nor will it be the answer now. Uh, It was not in men's wisdom then, and nor will it be now, because we have some men and women that have great wisdom on many things. But can I tell you, great wisdom does not necessarily mean that you walk with great anointing and great power or great authority. Uh, It was not an entertainment then and nor is it going to be now because can I tell you in this time uh, the religious leaders they had their program. They had it all figured out. Uh, They was doing everything in the order in which they wanted to do it and therefore uh, they was very comfortable in their structure because they simply was able to control everything that was going on. Uh, And can I tell you today we have created that in America as well. Uh, I'm Listen, I believe in structure. I believe in order because that is what god is Uh, however uh, i do not believe that you become so structured uh, that you structure the moving of the holy ghost out of our lives Uh, there's that's uh, that's two different things Uh, and can i tell you uh, what we have done is this we have got a generation that has not been willing uh, to pay the price for the true anointing power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and therefore, we have substituted the true anointing uh, with entertainment tactics and ideals. and We have added everything. And listen, I'm not against this in the right settings and in the right motives. Uh, but what we have done in our culture in the last 15 years uh, is because we didn't want to pay the price. Uh, we didn't want to sacrifice. Uh, we didn't want to lay between the porch and the altar. We didn't want to do what was required of us. Uh, we didn't want to take off humanity and put on the righteousness of God uh, and walk with the authority that comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, that now we've created an entertainment house instead of a house of prayer. Uh, and therefore we thought, well, if we add this and if we take away that, and if we add this and if we do that, uh, then maybe we can play with somebody's emotions uh, and they won't be able to decide uh, or decipher between is this the anointing? Uh, Or is this entertainment? Uh, Listen, uh, we got to understand something. Uh, It wasn't entertainment then, nor is it now. Uh, But Peter said, uh, I don't have anything naturally to offer you. uh, But what I do have, uh, I'll give unto you. But he says, first, you have to look on us. Uh, Meaning this, you've got to get your focus off of everything else. uh, And you've got to look on us. Why? Uh, It's because he understood this. Uh, There's something inside of me that you've got to get a glimpse of. Uh, can I tell you, uh, you and I as men and women of God, we've got to begin to walk in a manner uh, where the world begins to look up on us and they see that there's something different about you. Uh, meaning this, can I tell you, uh, when you walk with the anointing of God, uh, you don't have to announce that you're a prophet. Uh, you don't have to announce that you're a preacher. Uh, you don't have to announce that you're altogether lovely. Uh, but when you walk in the room, something changes. Uh, can I tell you, there has been multiple times, and I don't say this in a bractosis way at all, uh, but I say it with great humility. Uh, but I have walked in hospital rooms with people that I do not know, uh, and the room filled with darkness. But when you pray as you're driving there, uh, and you seek the Lord for direction, because you know, I don't know what I'm going into, uh, I don't know what I'm going to say to these people. Uh, but when you walk in, uh, the testimonies after is when you walked into the room, uh, something changed. Uh, Can I tell you, that's what Peter understood. Uh, What I'm saying to you today is this. uh, There has to be a personal relationship with Christ. Uh, Come back to the forefront in the church in America. What we're dealing with today is simply a generation that says, well, I know him. But the question is, do we really know him? Uh, Peter said, when you look on us, he said, I don't have any silver, uh, I don't have any gold, uh, but what I do have, I'll give to you. Uh, and he simply said this, I have a personal relationship with Christ. Uh, it's something that I've tasted and I've seen that it is good. Uh, he has been my protector. Uh, he has been the one that's shielded me. He's the, been the one that's guided me. Uh, he's the one that's provided for me. Uh, but also, not only do I have a relationship with Christ, uh, but just a few days, ago I had an encounter. Uh, I had an encounter with the Holy Ghost. Uh, I was in an upper room and I don't know how to articulate it maybe. uh, All I know is that it came down upon me uh, and it began to change my life forever. Uh, The one that I was backward, uh, I was maybe even denying, uh, but something triggered in my spirit. uh, And today I can't just walk by you, uh, but I've got to speak to you, Uh, but not only do I have to speak to you, uh, but I gotta stretch out my hand to you. Uh, And can I tell you today, the power of the Holy Spirit uh, was resting upon them and was within them, Uh, and only because of that today uh, is because a man that was lame from his mother's womb uh, for 40 years uh, was now able to walk and leap in the power and the presence of God. Uh, Can I tell you, we got a generation that's lame today. Uh, They don't need our religious activity. But what they need is for somebody uh, to get along with Jesus again. uh, And they need somebody to walk with the fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. uh, And that will be willing to touch them right where they are. Please hear me tonight. I'm hurrying. It's time to once again stretch out our hand to a crippled generation. So that they can taste and see and experience the freedom. From the things that has had them bound. One touch can give birth to something that others may never thought possible. Notice, you and I today can go through scripture and we can find that there is something about when a man or a woman who puts their faith and trust in God becomes willing to put on a garment of obedience and to stretch out their hand. Notice, do you understand that there possibly could have never been a deliverance out of the land of Egypt if there wasn't a man that was willing to stretch forth his hand? When you began to look, even though Israel, under their great hardship, under the great taskmasters, the Pharaoh that was under over them, as they began to cry out and the Lord finds a man on the backside of the desert, he says, I want you to go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And you know the story, as he arrives and he has Aaron with him, he goes and the Lord says, I'm going to harden his heart. He's not going to let him go. But then when you start going through the process, you will find that because of the process, the man of God began to do something. If you was to read Exodus chapter seven, chapter eight, chapter nine, chapter 10, chapter 13, chapter 14, you will find that all of them have something in common. And that is this, that the man of God who was clothed in a garment of obedience, lifted his hand and stretched forth a rod and things began to change. If you was to read Psalms 136, you will find it in verse number 12. It says, With a strong hand and with a stretched out arm is how the Lord delivered Israel from the bonds of Egypt. Notice, it was through a strong hand and a stretched out arm that the Red Sea parted. It was through that that the plagues came upon the land. Because there was a man that was willing to be used. I wonder tonight how many of us in this room is willing to allow the Lord to use us in the manner as he sees fit. That is where the struggle lies because Moses even saw himself and saying, but Lord, I'm not able. Anybody remember that conversation? I don't, I don't have the ability to speak. I, I, I can't. Why don't you get some? And it's all the natural things that all of us battle. But we find that when the man of God put on the garment of obedience and he began to stretch out his hand, things began to change. The same is found in Acts chapter 3 when Peter and John is walking. And they arrive on the scene, going into the temple. And the man is laying outside the gate called Beautiful saying, will you help me today? He simply said, look on us. I don't have any silver, I don't have any gold, but what I do have I'll give to you freely. And it says he reached out and took him by the hand and immediately, immediately he was made whole. What does that have to do with you and I today? One may ask. What I find throughout history is that there has always been defining moments. Our lives are made up of many moments, but there are a few moments that are defining moments that set the stage for the rest of our lives. This was one of those moments. We find that there was so much activity that came from this, can I tell you, It was not just a defining moment for a man that had been crippled, but it was a defining moment for Peter and John and for the church of Jesus Christ. Because when you begin to read the aftershocks of this story, it's quite amazing. You will find that people began to run to where they were in the temple because they realized they knew who this man was. They'd seen him out there day after day after day. And they said... They was filled with wonder and amazement. That's a natural thing. But as they was there, they began to speak into their hearing that it's not by our own holiness, but it was by the power of Jesus Christ. And as they began to share this message, you have to notice, when you begin to get over into chapter 4, it began in the end of chapter 3, it began to not set so well with the religious leaders of the day and so much so that they put arms on them and put them in a hold until the next day because they was going to threaten them and they was going to the silence them was their ultimate goal. But because of what had transpired, because of don't miss this, because of one man was willing to touch one person you find that by the end of that afternoon, 5,000 men believed and surrendered their life to the Lord. That's pretty amazing. That's not talking about women and children. But it says that there was 5,000 men that put their faith in Christ that day because they saw a man that was lame on his feet began to leap and praise God in the temple. Now... It shook the religious community in such a manner that when you read through Acts chapter 4 that they threatened them, they said, don't ever speak in this name again. Can I tell you that was a defining moment. It began to set the stage for a great spiritual contrast. There began to be a separation of religion as well as a remnant church. And in this defining moment, this was not just another day. Because this was what was going to set the tone for what was getting ready to take place throughout Jerusalem and the known world at that time. What was getting ready to happen was this. There was getting ready to be an explosion and a spreading of the gospel message. It did not come without persecution, but notice with me. This began to set the stage for great intensity between good and evil. And this persecution that began to scatter the believers, began to cause the known world to be evangelized with the greatest message that's ever been. The comfort of the city was completely disrupted. Here's what I believe tonight, and I'm going to bring this to a close. We are entering into a season where it's not just another day. But we are in a place, we are in a defining moment for the church of Jesus Christ, especially here in America. I tried my best to deliver this morning. I wish I could have delivered. I had much more to deliver, but I just wasn't free to deliver this morning in the manner that I'd like to. But we find ourselves entering into a time where I think it's a fresh visitation for the body of Christ, but with that fresh visitation comes great responsibility and somebody is going to have to be willing to stretch out their hand in this season. And when somebody begins to operate in that realm of obedience and that level of anointing, it will cause things to shake and it will cause things to be disrupted. But it's the very thing that's going to trigger this next wave of the moving and the spreading of the gospel across this known world. Someone had to be willing to touch the one that everybody else was walking by. And today we find ourselves in the same scenario. We're in a place where the enemy would love for us to be silent but we're in a place where we cannot be silent. We must awaken and we must share that which we have received. Tonight, your family is hanging in the balance. My family is hanging in the balance. Our community is hanging in the balance. Our nation is hanging in the balance. This is not just another day, but this is a defining moment. Another song is not going to bring about the change that is needed. Another message is not even going to bring about the change that is needed. What's going to bring about the change that is needed in this moment is a man or a woman that is willing to operate in the assignment that God has given us. You have to realize that Peter and John are operating in a whole new realm than they have operated in before. They're walking with greater boldness, greater clarity. They have witnessed some things privately over the last several weeks and now. They're detecting their spirit. This is different. Maybe tonight in this house you would even be able to relate in some manner and said, you know what, it just feels different. Maybe you can't articulate it. Maybe you can't necessarily put your finger on it. but you have to realize tonight that you could say that there's just something, this is a different season. It's not just another day. Tonight, Jesus even gives us an example in Mark chapter number three. He entered again into a synagogue and. There was a man present when he went on this particular day in Mark chapter number three. And there was a man that was sitting in the room that he had a withered hand. Jesus saw him, had compassion on him. And it was on the Sabbath day and the religious people of that day said, wonder if he's gonna do something that's not not in alliance with the law. It's the Sabbath day, surely he's not gonna work on the Sabbath day. Jesus understood what they were thinking and in the midst of everything that was going on they was desiring to find a reason to accuse him but he looked at that man with the withered hand and he simply said I need you to stand up before the people and this is what he said to the man he simply said I want you to stretch forth that hand and that man that had a withered hand in an act of obedience when he stretched forth his hand, the Bible says that it was made whole like the other. There's something about the stretching forth of the hand. And can I remind you tonight that in a world that is full of chaos and uncertainty, There's a generation that's looking for a hand. The enemy has no problem extending a hand. But when they take a hold of that hand, it leads them to a place of greater destruction. But when the church begins to become engaged and involved and begins to stretch forth its hand, there's healing in that hand. There's deliverance in that hand. There's miracle working power in that hand. we have been led to believe in america especially within the american church things that are not accurate according to scripture we have led generation after generation to a place that took us into a more unbiblical state a more unbiblical state one step at a time one step at a time and now we've got a generation that's so far away that we even have people that profess to be Christians that say, I don't even know if the Bible is the absolute authority. And we took man's word for what he preached from a platform and never checked it with scripture. Can I tell you, whatever I preach, if it doesn't back up with scripture, don't, don't apply it to your life. But we've just taken everybody's word for it and didn't find it for ourselves. now we're all the way over here and God says I need you to be right here because right here is where there's power right here is where there's anointing listen can I tell you today we are a people that likes theatrics it's just the way we are our human nature we like theatrics I'm going to tell you something there is no place in God's church for theatrics there's only place for anointing We've got so many people that's hanging in the balance and we want to just give them some watered down version and speak something over them and say, oh, it's going to be okay. But yet when we do that, we have no power, we have no anointing, we have no strength in our hands because we haven't been to an upper room like Peter and John had. We have to go back to the scripture where we understand that these signs will follow them that believe. There should be a trail behind our lives and a testimony behind our lives that says that, man, we have messed the devil's plans up day after day after day after day because we have been walking with the power and the anointing of God in our lives. No matter what situation you find yourself in, you have to walk with authority. I was sitting on my couch this afternoon thinking I'm just gonna have a quiet evening. Debbie's shopping. I don't have to do nothing till church time, till my phone rings. Then I find myself having to rush to a house and find a friend lying on the bed not knowing if they was living or not. No place for theatrics. I better walk in with anointing. I walk in, the first thing it says, oh, who are you? Not able to see very well. Who are you? It's Ronnie. Well, Ronnie, before you do anything, you pray for me. See, they wasn't wanting me to preach a message. They wasn't wanting me to do anything other than they wanted me to have something. They wanted me to have some authority. They wanted me to have some power. There's a generation that's lame, not just in their feet, but they're lame in their mind, their emotion, their spirit. And we're walking by them day after day after day. And please don't misunderstand what I'm getting ready to say, but the day of simply saying, oh, come to church with me Sunday. No, 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 no. Yes, invite them to come to church with you Sunday, but you have no promise they're going to make it to Sunday. That's how sick and diseased they are today. We have to be the church in the moment because it's a defining moment. It's not just another day. I wonder, I wonder today if we're bold enough and confident enough to say these three words that Peter said standing there with John. Look on us. If you're hesitant to say those three words We, we better go spend some time alone with, with our Heavenly Father and get some spiritual boldness about us and begin to do whatever He instructs us to do in our lives. Because can I tell you, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, whether I want to acknowledge it or not, there's people looking at us already. But we need to begin to operate in this area of authority that God has given us because this isn't just another day. This is a day where men and women can be set free and delivered. But we have to reach out to them. As we stand all over the house this evening, please, it's not just another day. I wonder I wonder if we understand the reality that there is enough power in this room to release a generation do we understand that because if he lives in us if he is present with us and if the holy spirit Abides and dwells in us, as Paul clearly writes, then there is enough power in this room to drive back any force of darkness. That's why we do not have to be intimidated tonight, but we can stand and say, Look on us. That which I have, I freely give. The only reason that we're hesitant to say such things is because we have to question ourselves, well, do I really have anything to give? Can I tell you, we better have something to give today. Revival will not come because we polish certain things, and finesse certain things. But revival will come when one lame man begins to leap in the presence of others. No matter what church setting you find yourself in, no matter what community you find yourself in, no matter how many people's in attendance or not, doesn't matter what kind of music they're singing, what style, what genre of music it is. they're only one miracle away from having an explosion in the community in which they find themselves. If a lame man or a blind woman or a crippled individual of any sort was to walk into any house in Connorsville, Indiana tonight and was miraculously healed and set free, it would cause such a stir Especially if it was somebody that has been in this community and everybody knew who they were. It would begin to bring great awareness and it would bring great criticism from the religious, as it would. But it also would bring an awakening and awareness where people would have ears that was open to hear that Jesus is still doing something. And men would flock to it. But it begins by somebody saying, Look on us. That which we have we give tonight I'm challenging us I'm challenging us to self-examine challenging us to understand that it's not just another day but it's a day in which the Lord is desiring to flow and move through his church like he's always desired to do but in order for us to do that we have to become willing to put on a garment of obedience Peter and John are perfect examples. But I have to be honest with you. I wouldn't wouldn't be doing it justice if I didn't tell you. Peter and John they along with the other disciples and apostles when they chose to put on that garment of obedience and began to radically follow after the things of God, it didn't cost them something. It cost them everything. Peter's life ended when he was hanging upside down on a cross because he said, don't crucify me like you did my Lord. It cost him everything. But here's what I want you to understand. In order for there to ever be a harvest in the fields this fall in the natural, there had to be a seed that was put in the ground and that seed had to die and then it had to begin to live again. The church in America is going to have to allow it to be buried. And we're gonna have to die to self so that we can begin to live again if we're ever gonna see a harvest. And the harvest is ripe and the, the Lord of the harvest is willing and ready to equip all of us to fulfill the task at hand. You and I have to become willing to be the laborers. He's not going to force any of us but he will simply say will you come and will you be who I've called you to be. So tonight as Pastor Jay just ministers in a song for a moment I want us to just Reverence the house of the Lord just for a moment. and I want to ask you a question. I'm not asking anybody else. I'm just asking you. Are you comfortable with telling the world to look on us? Are you confident in what you currently possess? Are you confident in what you have as far as with your relationship with Christ? Are you confident in the Baptism of the Holy Spirit that has come into your life. Are you are you confident in the authority and the mantle that you carry? Are you willing to say, "Look on us," or would you say, "I I don't know, preacher. I I just don't know. I want to be used, but I, I just don't know." Can I tell you, the Word of the Lord tells us, "We have not because we ask not." So tonight there's something more that you desire of the Lord, I'm just going to simply ask you to come and ask and allow him to do what only he can do in your life. Can I tell you, we have to have a man and woman of God today that's willing to reach out and touch a generation. So tonight as he ministers in song, I'd say, are you willing to be his hands and feet If so, I'm just going to call us to a season of prayer tonight before we leave. If you need special prayer, we'd be more happy to pray with you. You never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's no time like the present to receive that gift as well. Maybe you need to dedicate your life or rededicate your life and say, I I just need it to be well with me. Won't you come? But won't you just find a place to pray tonight, standing, kneeling, for a few moments, however you're comfortable tonight.